0: You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, welcome back to the podcast. So all week this week, we've been talking about the scripture. We've been talking about how to read your Bible better and I've brought in some of my co-laborers and Christ, some of our staff members, just to give some of their favorite tips on how to read your Bible better. And today, Sean is going to be my conversation partner. Sean Hampton, welcome to the podcast, man. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, I'm so glad you made some time for us. So, mm-hmm. Sean serves as a recovery pastor. He, uh, you know, he's a he loves the Lord. He loves the Scripture. teaches it every Sunday evening. He and I talk a lot about different Bible verses and you know what God's saying to us. So, he and I've chatted a little bit about this podcast, and I am really interested in everybody hearing it. So maybe you have said yes, that this January, you are going to devote yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord and you're going to give yourself to the scripture. So you're ready to read your Bible and you want to read your Bible better. So Sean, what's your tip for how to read our Bible better?
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to come at this from, I think, a little bit different angle than some others. And they are great points of view, I think, just on practically how to go about reading your Bible. For me, it's about viewpoint. It's about what you, when you read scripture, how do you interact with that? I would say before I started my process of recovery, I read scripture from a very disconnected type place. If that makes sense. What,
0: what do you mean by disconnected? Just take a second to describe that for me.
1: Ah, uh, that's hard.
0: <laughs> so, so, but. Uh, I'll take a stab at it, and you fix it. How about that? Okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah. So always, I know there have been seasons in my life where I read the Bible, and it was almost like I was reading any other piece of literature without a real interest to know what. I mean, I'm, I am, um, you know, I'm reading the words. I'm trying to understand the truths or the concepts or the principles,
1: but it's this I detached ideas. Right, and I would say that it, it was a, is it was almost in a way of reading for information. Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that to a certain degree. When, but we're we're reading the living word of God. It's a little bit different than reading a textbook or any type where we're gaining information. We are gaining information, but it is a living word.
0: So so God brought you into a process of healing and recovery and Christian Mm -hmm. growth, and one aspect of that is that it improved the way you interacted with the Bible when you read it? What, what did it do? How did it help? How did it change well, a lot you? of my
1: process was about truly coming to terms with the struggle of my life, with uh, my issues, my past addiction, and just getting to a place of being okay with what where I was and coming to a place of healing. And what that allowed me to do is all of a sudden, so coming from a place of great struggle and pain, when well, now, when I started reading scripture in my process of recovery, it started meaning a lot. It became a lot more personal to okay. me. Like so, the people in scripture that I was reading about, whether it's the woman at the well, or the man that was being lowered down from the roof by his friends for healing. I, stopped, I used to think, I guess I would think, you know, that's so great that God healed that person. Man, that's so awesome that it, his friends lowered him down. Man, that's so awesome. And then all of a sudden, I'm reading scripture, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the man at the Pool of Bethesda that's asking God to be whole. I'm the man that's being lowered down by his friends. Or at times, maybe I am one of the friends lowering a friend down. You know, And I think that really made it, Helped me to connect with the fact that these were real people with real lives, with real struggles, and God, through the embodiment of Christ, entered into their lives with healing, hope, and and and, and resurrection.
0: So I will make a distinction. Like um, you know, I know that my imagination is not the same as God's inspiration. In right. other words, you know, if I'm if I'm preaching to our church family, right. I try to be very, very careful to point out you know, when I'm making an interpretive comment versus when I'm speaking straight from the scripture. You know, right. so like if I'm preaching one of those stories, you know, I, and I'm wondering what it would be like to be, uh, let's say the lame man who laid for 38 years beside the, the pool wishing he could be healed. You know, right. I might say to the church, hey, I wonder about this or right. I imagine this. Um, and I'm not pretending. I'm not pretending to bring the same authority as the clear, concrete statements from scripture but let me tell you what that does for me and then I'm interested to see you know how it how it's come alive in you using my imagination some to put myself in that position try to wonder what was it like to be that man laying by the pool of Bethesda broken you know forsaken forgotten hanging on to superstitious myths right that maybe if an angel stirs the water I can get healed with you know?
1: nobody around him to even help him that's
0: right you know if you'll just sit and marinate in that one of the things that it does for me is it brings out the reality of the ministry of Jesus mm-hmm. like this was not a fairy tale there really was that man he really he was a real human being his neighbors really knew him and when the power of Christ changed came to his life, it really changed him forever. Right. And, and I think it just, for me, it allows me to get a step closer and a step closer to appreciating the real struggles that people faced or the way Jesus set them free. And then suddenly I can see how the ministry of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our context you know is going to be changing my life or our life how it has a, the decisions that we have to make the things that we have to weigh out anyway i sorry i, I think i talked a little too much right now no there.
1: no and it and it demonstrates the true magnitude and power of christ in your life that he did come to heal us now it might not be the miraculous healings within scripture but it, it there is a huge healing process and for me also i think a huge part of it it allowed me to have create empathy yeah. and understanding to be able to put myself not only in the in the shoes in the place of people within scripture but also Hopefully, you can able to carry that out into your life with people you sure. interact with.
0: Right, if you spend some time in your quiet time, you know thanking Jesus for for healing this outcast. Right, well then surely, if you come across an outcast person in our society today. You'll be more likely to to see them with empathy and try to be the hands exactly. and feet of Christ to that person. In other words, it won't your Bible reading won't have just been a cold fact that you you mm-hmm. know that you read over this morning, but it would be something that had enough life to it to follow follow you throughout the day. Mm-hmm.
1: And then on the flip side of that. We have the Pharisees, <laughs> and you know, I used to read Scripture, and I'd read about them. Darn Pharisees, right, bad guys! Man, they are so awful. But they're not bad guys. No, no they're All not. <laughs> they, I mean, I mean I, they are. Uh, well, I'll be honest. They sought after uh, after the holiness of God in ways that we weren't. We, we aren't. We, sure. we're, it'd be difficult for us to, but they. Saw, but the heart. It was the heart. Yeah, and and I'd be like, man, those Pharisees, they are so wrong. And I'll be honest, if we want to really find. A group of people within Scripture that fits the American Church more most accurately yeah. at times, it would be the Pharisees, that's right. and, and that's me. That I'm not, that's no, me, me too. too. That's so, me too. So, if so you're now,
0: listener, I'm not calling you names. I'm saying, I you know, I see me in those Pharisees sometimes. A
1: book that I think that would be awesome to write or a Sunday school lesson would be: Would Jesus call me a Pharisee? Yeah, that's right. Take the woes of of the Pharisees and apply them to yourself. It, it's I'm telling you, be careful doing that. It, it's it's pretty convicting. But then all of a sudden I, I I'm reading it and I'm trying to understand how Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He's really talking about me and my heart, right. my disconnection, how I heap burdens on people and I don't offer to lend a hand. How you know I work so hard at cleaning the outside of my cup, but yeah. man, on the inside, it's just uh, you wouldn't want to look into it. Hey, if you're interested in this, Sean's in,
0: in Matthew 23 with those references. Yes, like, <laughs> that's, that's been... thank you. <laughs> I, so, Sean, so Sean, I even like I um. I mean, you know, I mean, I've mean, i got a bunch of seminary under my belt. I loved it. But one of the things I learned in seminary was, you know, you, you do all this work to learn the social and historical context of right. the Bible, right? And that's supposed to help you interpret Scripture better. And it does. It really does. Right. But I'll be honest with you, just using your imagination this way is a similar tool, right? I mean, you can take the more you learn about the Bible— and you can really imagine the reality of the ministry of Jesus and what people are really suffering, and it helps bring the Bible to life whether it's a letter of Paul and you're trying to understand what was it like to be one of the Ephesians or mm-hmm. one of the Philippians you know uh, what was it like to be Paul in a jail cell as he writes it or whether it's through the ministry of Jesus you know I, th- I think about um, you know Jesus is warned his disciples that the ministry that they're that they're on uh, he says, you know, you think I can to bring peace, but I, I came to bring a sword. Because one aspect of the Prince of Peace is that the people who aligned themselves with Jesus in the first century, they were going to face derision and persecution. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, it would separate them from people in society. Sometimes fathers against sons, mothers against daughters. You know, sometimes that separation would come even inside a household. And Jesus is not saying it's good or it's welcome. He's just saying it's it reality. Is. Right. And for me to stop and think about what it cost... Early believers to follow Messiah Jesus, and that they still followed him. Like I know that's just—I mean, that's not even one particular character, but that's me reading scriptures and trying to imagine what would have been like to be those
1: first recipients, and then understanding more what it's like to be me. Yep. You know, and, and and how we relate. How how we the, there's nothing new under the sun, right? We—I mean, the the struggles that they that that first century people in first century Palestine had are the struggles that we have. Yeah. And, and Jesus spoke into their lives, guess what? He's speaking into mine in the same way. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned, I'll shut down my comments on this, but you, know, you mentioned the Pharisees a minute ago, mm-hmm. right? Well, um, I know that, I, I may read a, a, a passage about something that Jesus did. You, know, you and I both read the passage uh, last week about in Luke 7, you know, where Jesus is at the home of a Pharisee. He's a dinner guest. They've invited him over for for a meal, and, uh, and in walks a woman who is known to be a woman of a sinful reputation. Mm-hmm. She comes into the table where Jesus is and she starts to wash his feet. You know, she's just, I mean, she's her tears. I mean, just loving on Jesus, using her hair to, you know, dry his feet. And just really the most humble, audacious display of gratitude, of love, of worship. And at the other end of the table, you know, is is the Pharisee, you know, and he is self-righteous and he is lots of, he's also the host who invited Jesus for lunch, you know, and I, you know, so I read passages like that sometimes. And sometimes I do see myself on the wrong end of the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, Oh, you know what? Sometimes I do worry so much about what people think that I'll be more likely to be the the Pharisee who's hosting the meal than I would be the woman who's coming in to just lavish love on Jesus. Um, And so I'm just kind of saying to our church, that like when you begin this practice of having like imaginative creative empathy for the story like when you imagine the real setting the moments that it happened you know if you ever find yourself on the wrong side of the passage um, that's a gift from the lord amen you know so that you can ask god that his spirit would work in you so that you'd become more in this case more like the woman mm-hmm. loving jesus and less like the pharisee that's paralyzed you know, by public opinion or by his own, his own, uh, I guess, self righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that's just some examples. All right, so Sean, just to be clear, right? Your 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 gift to the church today, how to read your Bible better, is to use use creative imagination and put yourself in the place of the characters in these stories, these moments that they happened. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Hey, thanks for being with us, man. We really appreciate your ministry, and I appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Church family, I cannot wait to see you on Sunday. So uh, I'm ready if you are. If this podcast was helpful to you or if all the podcasts this week about reading your Bible better, if they were helpful to you, why don't you share this one or any of them with people that you love so that we can all be devoted to reading our Bible better. I love you. God bless you.